Welcome back. Alongside Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop. At 1620 The Zone's breaking news coverage, Scott Frost has been relieved. Relieved. Been relieved of duties after four-plus seasons as Nebraska head coach Trev Alberts making the statement. It's been almost two hours now since the press release came out. His press conference is scheduled to start at the top of the hour at 3 o'clock. We'll bring you live coverage right here on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com. And uh, Zone TV. Been taking your calls and comments uh, throughout the afternoon. 402-951-1620. What do we have out there on the West Hills Harley-Davidson Hub? We have a few uh, folks, including a line open right now at 402-951-1620. But we have Jeff, Matt, and Will. Jeff is up next. Hello, Jeff, at 402-951-1620. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, Just wanted to make a few comments starting with uh, something that John said last night on overreaction, that a lot of this was about the accountability or the lack thereof. Uh, maybe waiting till October 1st to save money shows a lack of accountability by the program. Um, I think that no doubt the loss sealed its fate. So why wait three weeks? Just take, you know, take the hit and say, look, we're being accountable to this and we have to move forward. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was Originally, I was going to make comments about recruiting, but you guys, you know, hit that topic pretty well. I was wondering what your insights would be on how are we not developing the players? Are they not helping these kids believe in themselves? Are they not helping the kids believe in the program? What insights would you guys have into why we're not taking all these four stars and turning them to, you know, at least functional Big Ten players? Thanks for the call, Jeff. John, I I got an answer for that. I got an answer for that, and and I, it, it sounds so simplistic, but I think a lot of it just comes down to not being good enough coaches, you know. The the, the I mean original- that's the, that's the easiest answer, and I I would also yeah. add Josh that um, some of it, not all of it, but some of it is yes, they've taken some four star athletes, but I think they were either poor system fits mm-hmm. or per poor personality fits again not all of them but i think some of it was a bit of reaching on nebraska's part to you know try try to try to swing for the fence and, and hit a home run with a with a player that maybe didn't quite fit their locker room their culture or their their style yeah i, I think that, that that can be a huge part of it i mean you look back at the original staff everyone was uh, essentially a group of five i mean they all were they were all from ucf and I don't want to do revisionist history all day, but I mean it was a it was a group that had been at, at a group of five school, and they he could he could have he could have tried to bring in different coaches, right? Like look at the staff that Brent Venables just put together. Look at the staff that he's put together at Oklahoma. You know, I, I think that that's what you see from the best coaches in the country, or the ones that are I guess maybe trying a little bit more, is they put together those types of staffs. So like that's where it started. It began there. And while the defense has made incremental gains, it just – you. I know that we argued about it, and sometimes we jokingly argued about it, but the reason that I never still was able to get on the Chenander bandwagon with people was they just weren't like – they were never game changers. They were always just good enough. And, and I think that yeah. he got graded – he got graded on an incredible curve because he was the guy that everyone wanted fired at the very beginning – and 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 or you was, wanted fired at the big very beginning. I didn't want him hired. I thought that I thought that they should have hired better. And I stand behind that. Well, I, I, and, and I agree with your overall sentiment. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. But but because because 
you know, me and others were like, hey, he's not good enough. And he he exceeded our really, really, really low expectations. I think I think we it's like if a D student suddenly gets a C. It's like, hey, congrats on the improvement, but is is the C exactly. So I think that a lot of it's that. I mean, look, I I I still think that this system, I think it can work in this conference if you have really good coaches and you have really good players. I mean, like, look at Anthony Grant. Look at Anthony Grant. Look at what he's able to do. He's a really, really, really good football player. And he single-handedly has helped at times the offense score or stay in games or whatever. That guy is a game changer. They've not had those types of guys. Think of the skilled players, not quarterbacks. Think of the wide receivers and running backs and tight ends that they have had that have been true game changers in the Frost era. How many guys are you going to name? I'll name Anthony Grant. I'll name Stanley Morgan. I'll name Wandale Robinson. I'll name J.D. Spielman. I named one running back and three receivers, and two of those receivers were short and small and slight. So think about that, that that has been like the skill talent. If they had an and Anthony. I'll, and I'll throw in JoJo. I'll throw and, in and, JoJo Dolan. Yeah, and I was just thinking about offense. Oh, I mean, yeah. But so, so, you know, view it from the perspective of what if they had an Anthony Grant equivalent every year? Guessing the offense would have been a, a lot better. I'm guessing that they would have a few more wins. They they just have not been able to to have that. So I. But you I know what lot- you didn't name. You, we, none of no defensive linemen were named. No, no offensive linemen were named. And I agree with what Robbie said last night. Whoever comes in next, you know, they need to be line focused. They need to make sure because because yeah. that's that's the other place where Nebraska has failed uh, over the years is when you go back through the history of the successful teams. They've all had good to great to exceptional offensive lines, good to great to exceptional defensive lines. It all starts on the line of scrimmage. You know, as much as this game has spread from sideline to sideline, or as Doc said, you say baseline to baseline, mm-hmm. as, as much as it is spread that way, great teams don't happen without great offensive or and defensive line play. And that's also where Nebraska has fallen woefully short. And that was an area where, you know, they used to be really, really good, you know, for a mm. very long time, very consistently. Uh, even even their off seasons were off for them. You know, Damon talks about being the standard. Nebraska set its own standard. Uh, yeah. Now Nebraska has been trying to figure out, well, what is our standard? Yeah. And, and 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 they've been they've been struggling with that ever since. Yeah. 402 951 1620. Let's go back to the Los Hills Harley Davidson hotline. And that is where Matt awaits us. Matt, good afternoon. You're on 1620, the zone special coverage of Scott Frost's firing. Well, thank you guys, and thank you for coming in or getting to your kitchen tables and putting this together today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my, my thing, when you usually have a, you know, a, a firing or a hiring like this, it, it's not just with the coaches, but within the department itself. And I'm specifically wondering what you might think will happen with Matt Davison He's probably the only one that feels that this probably is, shouldn't have happened, and also he was, you know, seemed to be quite on top of the list there of getting Frost here. I'm wondering what your opinion might be of him within the athletic department itself. Uh, again, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks for the call, Matt. Well, that's that's kind of an interesting sidebar to this conversation. Um, obviously, the public face of Matt Davison is the guy on the radio broadcast, but his more important work has been behind the scenes. Uh, as a fundraiser and and obviously when frost was first hired he was basically the conduit the go-between that made that whole thing possible i really don't know i i i i don't know because 
um, this decision does not get made without very influential people with big pocketbooks uh, standing behind Trev Alberts. Uh, I think it's now it's now a foregone conclusion. One of the reasons why this wasn't done last year was because you still had some very influential people with deep pockets who were very much in Scott Frost camp. That obviously has changed. Matt Davison's one of his jobs is to, you know, raise that money and, and be that relationship uh, between the university and the big money boosters. So I, I really don't know where this goes, um, you know, but it could be it could be another one of those interesting minefields that Trev Alberts has to deal with behind the scenes that is not going to play out as much in public um, if there is you know, a rift or if, you know, Davison feels like, Hey, I've got to stick with my friend. Um, but you know, he also has a family. He also has, you know, a life to lead as well. So that, that's one of the things about college, about just being an organized sports, major sports anyway, is sometimes, you know, you can make friends in this business, but sometimes your friends are the people you're competing against. And sometimes the friends are, are folks that, you know, have to make decisions that go against your own personal interests. And uh, it's hard to keep and maintain friendships in businesses like this because of those factors. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at his Huskers.com page. His title there, it obviously doesn't mention the radio, Senior Associate AD External Engagement. Um, he, he was someone that was a, a, as you mentioned, the conduit back in 2017. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. I, I, I have always wondered about what Matt said to, to Frost in terms of describing the roster, you know, and, and saying what he did. It, it, it got off to such a strange start in, in terms of the PR game where outright lies were being said by the Frost regime about weightlifting or lack thereof, squats and lack thereof. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt, Matt, I mean, very famously had uh, – you know, as J.D. Spielman set the record for most receiving yards versus Ohio State in a game, granted, Nebraska was getting killed in 2017. Famously, you know, his his reaction to it on the radio ruffled some feathers of fans. Um, and and so, I mean, given that he is in the athletic department itself and, you know, the, the ties that he has to Frost, I, I've also wondered, I mean, going back to the phone call, I've wondered about that. I wonder about ABM. I wonder about Jared Lambrecht. Yeah, you know? that may be that actually may be more important than this in this whole conversation because ABM started yeah. by Jared Lambrecht. John Bruning is behind it, the former attorney general, both close friends with Scott Frost. I mean, that's been the at least to this point, the primary NIL source for Nebraska football. And you know, a lot of the big money behind some of the acquisitions, like O'Shawn Mathis, for example. And we know that, you know, behind the scenes, there might there's some folks who aren't weren't totally kosher or comfortable with that relationship that that's probably going to that's probably the, the minefield that, you know, Trev Alberts is more worried about at this point than the Davison minefield. Um, because ABM gotta have NIL figured out in this area, I'll figure out, which is why there's this there's this new Omaha group that apparently is coming online that may have some backing. Uh, more with the Albert side of the ledger, um, yep. but you know that that's that, that's one of the that's one of the more interesting things to watch behind the scenes because if Nebraska is going to continue to be uh, towards the front of the pack in the NIL conversation, 
having all of those ducks in a row, and those are hard ducks to organize, yeah. even in good times, having all those ducks in a row uh, is going to be vitally important. John, I want to read this email because we are 28 minutes away from Trev speaking, so I, I guess it allows us to theorize for just a moment. KG asks, there has to be way more to the than the situation of fire frost after the third game, besides not being able to coach for what he was hired to do and to make all the changes uh, in the off season. Will we ever know what, what are you, what are you expecting that we will or will not learn from, uh, from Trev when he speaks in a half hour? Do you do, like how, I guess, how deep do you think he, he is willing to go? Because how I always have thought about this and we've talked about it before, like he, he is going to hire somebody else. And so you don't, you can't just like air all this dirty laundry. I, I would be stunned. Yeah, I would too. have aired a lot of dirty laundry. But you have to also say, you have to explain you were not willing to, like a reason to keep him last year was money. And you said that. Yes. You are now making the same decision for that money. What changed? And so there has to, and 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 he maybe, maybe he leans on the wins and lo- the losses, not the wins, the losses. He leans on the losses. Maybe he does. Maybe he leans on the sloppiness that it does still look similar, but I do wonder. You know, I I, I had that anecdote earlier. I was told uh, by one of my sources that he actually wanted to do this after the Ireland game. He wanted to do this after the loss to Northwestern. Uh, some some of the the legal side of things inside of the university brass. They talked him out of it and said, "No, <laughs> the buyout's going to go down in a little over a month. Wait until then." Obviously, now he has not waited a month, you know, right. and so we've all said that what happened in Ireland? Well, you know, the listener then followed up with that in the last within the last hour, hour and a half with a picture. I know of the players making the rounds uh, at, the, at the Guinness thing. I, I can't imagine that that landed well uh, with him. Is there more to that trip? Because it does seem it really does seem that 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 game and that moment and all that, that, that was entailed in the, the Ireland trip and the lost Northwestern. It seemed like that was a huge turning point, and and it, it maybe not turning point because the the point had already been turned, but that kind of seemed like a deal breaker for a lot of people. Why? And and I and maybe we'll, I'm guessing on the record probably won't get the answer we're gonna want, um, but you know off the record I'm sure that we'll learn some things. Our Connor Happer is in Lincoln at Memorial Stadium. He just tweeted out a photo just a little bit ago. Um, some of the players are out on the field getting some stretching in, so. The day-to-day, as much as the day-to-day activities continue and under such awkward circumstances are continuing, um, no doubt um, trying to keep as normal a schedule as possible because there's still a game this week and 75% and most of your conference season left to go um, before, you know, this thing all wraps up and and who knows uh, where Nebraska football goes after that. Uh, I, 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 as far as the dirty laundry, I, I, I would be very surprised if Trev Alberts got very personal about this. I think he'll be very vague in that, in, in some of the things that he says, but there's no question. The, one of the main reasons why this isn't, this is happening today is because those two were not on the same page and really have not been on the same page from the beginning. Um, and you know, it was really mostly financial and political things that kept Trev Alberts from making this decision last year in the first place. Uh, as we've said many times, Trev's a savvy guy. Um, he knows when and when, when and when not to say certain things. And, and quite frankly, today's not 
a day. While, yes, we would love to hear details and we would love to understand more of the why. When you're trying to, you know, sell optimism, sell hope, sell the future, um, you also want to be careful not to do the missteps that Scott Frost himself made mm-hmm. in his first off season by continually looking in the rearview mirror and saying, oh, but look at what those guys did. Look at how bad these guys were. Look at how poorly trained. Th- look at how bad of a situation I inherited. Trev's going to want to try to make it sound like, hey, our next guy is going to inherit something that is good. Our our next guy is going to inherit something that he can build off of. And so Trev himself, I don't think, is going to want to play too much rearview mirror. Obviously, there's going to have to be some things explained as to why you're making this decision today versus waiting until October the 1st. But I think I would predict that it's going to be extremely vague in nature and most of what today will be about is you know dare i say a bit of a pep talk for the husker nation to say hey stand behind us Mm -hmm. we're making that we're doing this we're making this tough decision when we're making it earlier than anybody else in college football because we want you to believe that we can be a great program again yeah absolutely 402-951-1620 Back to the Los Hills Harley-Davidson hotline. We're going to stay commercial-free until just before the top of the hour. We'll take one break prior to Trev Albert speaking at 3 o'clock. You're muted, Josh. Josh Peterson, and I lost There he is. Hey, sorry, sorry, there we go. Uh, Will is up next at 402-951-1620. Will, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, comment and a question. You know, if, if you look back at, at uh, UCF, Fernander had an offense that was putting up 40-plus a game consistently. I don't think that he was – why Scott brought him with him, I just don't know, unless he expected to have, you know, an offense at Nebraska that was going to score 40-plus a game. Uh, I, you know, maybe he should have been fired a couple of years ago. But uh, question, and if you guys talked about it, I apologize – uh, do you think there's going to be a mass exodus of players, uh, offensive players? You know, we got a lot of guys that sit on the sideline that could probably, you know, start for some other team. Uh, do you think there's going to be a mass exodus? Thanks for taking my call. And, hey, uh, hey, hey uh, Will, real quick, do you mean a mass exodus yeah. like now, like in the season, or are you talking about after the year? After the year. Okay. Uh, thank, thanks for the Josh, call. by the way, it sounds like maybe your mic has become disconnected and you're actually talking through your computer mic instead of the mic you have in front of you. So I'll let you straighten that out. As far as, I mean, yeah, you're, anytime you have a coaching change, you're going to have, you're, there's, there's inevitable, uh, there's bound to be, you know, some departures. Now, one thing that has changed is, and I'm not 100% sure if it's gone into effect yet, but now we have transfer windows that take effect uh, after this, after the championship season is done, or at, basically after the conference championship season, and it lasts for a certain amount of days, and then another part that will take place in the spring. So, as far as players like leaving right now, I'm not sure if they have that ability to do that. Um, they because they've now adjusted the the transfer policies to create these windows. Uh, I, I would guess at this point 
Um, and, and, and it's kind of interesting. Josh, you and I famously, we don't typically follow the athletes on Twitter. Yeah, I um, do that, yeah. And so, I, but I have not seen outside of AJ Allen who tweeted something uh, earlier today, which was rather benign about just needing to get back to work. Um, I have not seen a lot of social media reaction from the players. And, and, and I don't know if that's a, if that's a conscious effort on their part, or if maybe, you know, that was one of the things, cause I'm assuming that the team has met as a group at some point, probably with Mickey Joseph, that maybe that was one of the things that Mickey said was, Hey guys, please stay off social media. Um, I don't know, but I have, I, at the moment, and I've been scanning Twitter whenever I get a chance to, I've not seen a lot of reaction on social media from the players. It's definitely a different vibe than the one we had after Bo Pelini was fired. Oh yeah. When you had a lot of people, you know, a lot of players, you know, very upset. And, and part of that too, maybe in the timing, there's still three quarters of a season left to go. Whereas, you know, in 2014, um, you know, they had a month, they had a month removed from a bowl game uh, to go. And so there was, it was probably from a practical standpoint, easier to react then than it is right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Sam McEwen, and I'll get back to answering the question. Sam McEwen just tweeted out, Trev Alberts will confirm, but Nebraska is honoring the full remainder of Frost's contract, almost $16 million. So they are uh, essentially what that means is they're not firing him for cause. Uh, they're firing him because he wasn't winning enough games. Um, yeah, like you'll, you'll see transfers. It's so funny, man. Like this is, it's such a different era. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, fired coach. And it's, you're, I mean, that's like your, your biggest concern is all the players that are going to leave. Now, look, no matter who the coach is and, and how good or bad he is, I expect players to leave anyway. So, you know, th there are rules in place. There are rules in place that allow for a, a huge roster turnover very, very quickly. We saw that from USC in the offseason. Those rules will still be in place for Nebraska. So uh, you just hope that the next head coach and his assistants have lots of, uh, lots of good uh, ties around the country and that they are able to – you know, uh, bring in, you know, contributors and difference makers. And, and um, I mean, gosh, dude, there's 75% of the season left. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what the conversation is in the defense. That's where a lot of this is going to come down. They need difference makers on that side of the ball. Uh, and they, and I would say like, for now, let's see what happens when this offense gets into big 10 play, but if they could hold serve a little bit and then get some difference makers on defense, like that's, that's kind of, I think what I will be looking at. But again, that's so far away, man. It's September 11th. There's still so much football to be played. Yeah, there is. It's a lost season. This is a lost season of all lost seasons. And, and unfortunately, in times like this, a lot of your past can kind of come back to bite you. I'll be curious to see if Trev Alberts addresses this, because this was what Trev Alberts said uh, last year, last October, as a matter of fact. It's a tweet from Sam McEwen quoting um, Trev Alberts. Albert said, making bold, broad statements in the middle of the football season to me is counterproductive. And then said he's extraordinarily proud of Frost and called the schools that fire coaches two games in kind of a crazy la-la land. And I do remember uh, Trev saying that. Literally, he's firing a coach three games into a season. And that's, you wow. know, th those are the types of things. And, and yes, in the moment, you have to – put on the public face of being as supportive as possible but unfortunately it does lead to times where you kind of pin yourself into a corner and now um you're gonna have to explain some of that 
uh, when you get the chance, and Trev Alberts is going to get that chance here in 15 minutes, I hope. Uh, that, among other things, are, are some of the things that will be asked yep. by the media today. Um, I, and quite frankly, and I know, obviously, everyone everyone likes to know what well, what's next, what's next, what's next. You're not going to get a lot of answers today about who the next head coach is. So I really hope that today is more about why they made the decision That's and, all what I care they, about. and what they want to do with the rest of this year. And I hope it's very little about the future because there is plenty of time to answer the questions about 2023 and beyond. While that is ultimately at the end of the day, the most important question, it's a question that on today, the 11th of September, 2022, that does not need to be answered. So I really hope I'm kind of challenging my, uh, my media brothers uh, who, who are and out sisters. there I'm sure and sisters who are out there. Let's not worry about who the next coach is or what you're looking for in the next head coach. We got a lot of time to answer that. Yeah, I want to know about the the justification and the decisions being made today and why it was important to do it today and what you plan to do for the rest of this football season. Yeah, honestly, it, like a positive of it happening now with so much distance before the end of the season is it's like two separate events. Normally, normally a head coach is fired. And immediately it does become what's next, what's next, what's next. Because at Nebraska, at least every coaching change in our lifetimes, every men's uh, or every football coaches firing in our lifetime has come at the end of the year. It's come after Thanksgiving. And so, the you know, outside of one very memorable coaching search, they they, they happen very quickly. And the, the next coach was hired within a, what, a week? A week yeah. and a day? This one is, this is different because there are basically the whole season is still remaining. And so I'm with you. I want today to be about the why of why now. That's what today is, and then let's worry about who's next. I mean, we have many months to do that, and and we're we're gonna get the answer eventually. And and look, we'll do the candidates and who who we want to hire. We can do all of that stuff. But in my opinion, today is about the why of of now. Exactly, because whoever is next, you're not gonna be able to get them. Until probably December at the earliest. Yeah, save the Urban Meyer. We're going to get these questions. He's in town this weekend. John, he's in in town this weekend. How annoying is that going to be? Oh, very annoying. But the answer is not Urban Meyer. We can unpack that at another place in time. But the answer is not Urban Meyer. Period. Now, so the guy that you're likely to get, even from that doubles, triples, homers list, isn't going to be available to you until December. And maybe even after that, like if it's a, and 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 this is a name that's going to be very high on my list, Bill O'Brien, who's the offensive coordinator now at Alabama. And if, Alabama goes, if Alabama goes as far as they typically go, um, you know, he's probably not leaving until January. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's going to be a while. So mm-hmm. today, yeah, I agree. Today is about, why the decision needed to be made today, why it fell apart, and what you plan to do in the moment. Because those are questions that are important to answer, too, for the future. Because, let's again, from the 35,000-foot view of the situation, this is going to look very odd that Trev Alberts, you know, made these bold statements last November about, you know, we're keeping him because of loyalty and because of the money and this, that, and the other thing, and and when we really want to work together and 
you know, he also made the comments and we played them a little bit earlier on about how, how he's proud of Frost for making some of the tough changes that he had to make. You only gave those chances, those choices, three games. And so there is going to have to be an explanation to that that makes logical sense because the world is watching. The world of college football is watching. Your next employer or employee, the next guy that you hope to pin your, your hopes and dreams on for making this program what it once was, will be watching. And, and those are important because the last thing you want to do is stumble as a Steve Peterson did back in 2004, 2003, 2004. And, and that whole coaching search turned into a disaster. And, and that never got off to a good start. You want to try to handle this as best you can in a moment where you're having to fire a guy three games into a season. So there's a lot to unpack and answer just from that alone. Uh, Jim tweets in JTech Constructions on Twitter feed over under on if the word metrics will get mentioned during the presser. Yeah, that, I mean, look, that will be a question. Like, did was he already unable to meet whatever the metrics were? He's not. Look, Trev's going to sidestep that one. Um, is my is my prediction on that? But yeah, I'm I'm sure that somebody will ask about it. I'm sure that that will come up. Uh, Doc loves music. Tweets in. He says, stop saying it's a lost season. What does that even mean? Nebraskans don't think that way. That's why the vast majority of the stadium is still filled when having a, uh, I think meant to say losing season, said had a loose season. Look, it's a lost season because they don't have a head coach right now. Right. They have an interim head coach. They are in the mid- They will be in the midst of a coaching search very, very shortly. Um, in theory, technically, all of their goals are still in front of them, Yes. Uh, though I'd say probably not a national championship, but every other goal is in front of Nebraska at this point in time, right? Like in theory, it all yes, is. mathematically, yes, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is. But realistically, in watching this team, yeah. no one can sit back and say that. Yeah. And 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 while while the the commenter that you just read, you know, there might be a lot of folks who think that way. That's that's just happy fan talk. Yeah, exactly. That's just happy fan talk. That's like me, you know, back in in May, you know, when the Cubs were only a couple of games out of first place saying, yep, we still got a chance in this thing. I, I mean, I can see the product on the field and I can see where this is trending and I can see where there, there are massive deficiencies. That's just happy fan talk. In reality, a team that plays this poorly on defense is not going to be accomplishing many goals unless your goal is to win three or four games. Yeah. Because right now, if this defense does not get any better, there may not be another win on the schedule. Yeah. And that's and that's not hyperbole. That's fact. Nebraska literally just lost its first game ever in the history of Memorial Stadium when giving when when scoring 35 points. That stadium's almost 100 years old. That yeah. is an incredible statistic. That just it, it it's it's one of many things that exemplify how poor this defense is. What are you reacting to right now? Uh, well, I got the game on, but Don Don said uh in the Bengals didn't score those jerks. Don says interim or not, Mickey Joseph is still the head coach. Deal with it, guys. There's nothing to deal with. Don, it, it, I'm not we're not being what, critical of, what we, of what, Mickey. What, yeah, what are we no, not dealing I'm just with? Saying, I like this, like I sometimes it's just th- like the, the most obvious stuff gets by people. Like, this is a program that just fired their coach on September eleventh. Like the, the goals will not be reached this year. This is a bad football team. And they're, yeah. they're essentially moving on from everything. I don't think Mickey is going to be the head coach for next year. Thus, again, this is a lost season for Nebraska. They brought a guy back, and then they fired him only to pay the buyout that they could have paid last year. It, it, 
it's it's just it's so obvious, right? Like the Luke Fickle year in 2011 for for Ohio State. Was that was that not was that not a lost season for Ohio State? Of course right. it was a lost. Now, not being a great thing. That doesn't have to be inherently a negative thing. If you get an incredible hire in this cycle that you couldn't have gotten last cycle, that's awesome. And so that's what you hope for Nebraska. Ohio State was able to do it. I don't mean to bring him up, but I mean that's what they did. They got Urban Meyer. They wouldn't have been able to get him if they would have, you know, hired a full-time coach ahead of the 2011 season. But they ended up firing, you know, their head coach. He got canned super duper late. Uh, in the process, it was it was what Memorial Day weekend when Trestle was you know resigned or whatever it was. So right. that's that's why it's a lost season. It's this is not a criticism of Mickey Joseph. I think Mickey Joseph is going to put on a really good face. I think he's going to do a great job um, in 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 a lot of the the areas that um, you know that he'll be asked to to I don't know oversee. I think he can do a good job. Obviously, the defense is going to be a problem. And, yeah. uh, and that's the, the one thing that really sucks about this whole thing is a lot of times you see a firing, especially, you know, in the NFL, and it's like, sweet, now they can try to turn it around. Uh, I, I, I sadly don't see that really coming this year. We're less than 10 minutes away from when Trev Alberts is scheduled to speak, so let's take our break right now so that we make sure we start on time. And uh, we will continue with more of our breaking news coverage. Scott Frost fired after four-plus seasons. Trev Alberts to speak in moments right here on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com, and Zone TV.